Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Time Capsule Podcast, here where I converse with friends, family, acquaintances, and peel back the layers on people so the world can get to know the interviewee just a little bit better. The goal is to provide the interviewee with their own little time capsule so they can listen back on it 10, 20, 30 years down the road and see, man, so this is how I was in the year 2020 or the year 2021. And then you, the listener, the goal is for you to hopefully pick up some nuggets of wisdom and information and then just to relax, enjoy a very, very chilled out podcast. So today I have Jeremiah Click on. He's a beloved ex-coworker of mine. Uh, Jeremiah is a very bold and brash and exciting personality. He's a ridiculously charismatic individual to be around, a very, very infectious person. He undoubtedly leaves an impression on anyone he meets, and he's a super, super thoughtful conversationist as well. He's very intuitive when it comes to reading people, and he's awesome when it comes to selling. He can sell concepts, businesses, people, ideas. Uh, he's, he's very, very persuasive in that regard. So Jeremiah, he comes from both Mississippi and Texas, as you'll find out in the podcast, and he's lived in Texas the majority of his adult life uh, in between San Antonio, Dallas, and then college back in Nacogdoches. He loves socializing and being around people. And in this podcast, Jeremiah, he'll provide a lot of fascinating and exciting insights on his philosophies of life. Uh, he'll provide some uh, detail on his past work experiences, his thoughts and feelings on the dating world. And also he'll give us a little bit of a, a colorful Jeremiah Click roadmap for his life. So that's it. Let's start the episode. Q episode four. Enjoy Jeremiah Click. What do you say we uh, we start this thing then? All right, let me get a little closer, make sure I'm good here. Yeah, I think you sound good. You always sound good, man. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Jeremiah Click, how are we, man? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Derek. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, you were one of the people that like, you reached out to me on Instagram. You were like, yo, get me on. And I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, yes, we're getting Jeremiah Click on. Well, every time I have a conversation with you, it's phenomenal. So I didn't want to miss this opportunity. I love it. (laughs) Good stuff, man. Dude, so before we uh, started recording this, we had gotten into a pretty fun discussion about uh, Xbox, playing Xbox and, and video games in general. Uh, in the mid to late 20s. So you, you had a pretty interesting perspective on that. You should dive into it a little bit. If you'd like me to, I certainly will. I would. Uh, I remember being around 26, 27. I hadn't gotten that first big break yet in terms of employment. I was still working for the first company that gave me a job when I got out of school. I enjoyed it, but yeah. I knew that I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. So I started thinking about things in my life that were not conducive to getting what I wanted out of life. Okay. And the first thing that jumped out at me was, hey, maybe playing two to three hours of Xbox every day after work is not the best way to <laughs> go about spending your free time. And I have to admit to you, it was a painful process to get rid of the Xbox, to cut that out, get rid of the video games, stop watching all the Netflix. But because of that, I buckled down and got my first big break where I left the uh, consulting firm that I was at to go be the head of talent acquisition at like a small architecture and engineering firm here in Dallas. Really? Had I not, yeah, and had I not done that, there's no way I would have gotten that job because I wasn't really putting the work in, right? I was unhappy right. with where I was at. I did not like my job, but in reality, I may apply to two or three jobs a day versus buckling down, doing the research, doing the prep, 
learning about the owners of the company, diving into the history of the company. I mean, anytime you want to interview for a job, you really need to put that extra effort in and prepare for it like it's a final, but it, your life depends on it. I mean, it pays off. It always does. Always does. You know? So, I mean, similar uh, sentiment for me as well. I got to adjust this a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I had played Xbox in high school and video games, like a lot. Get home from school, 3.30 p.m., 3.30 <laughs> to like 5, I'm, I'm cranking it out. You know, that's my stuff. Sounds familiar. Right. Yeah. And But then the second I got to, to college, I got rid of it. So 2011 until 2018, no video games. And then 2018 rolled around. Uh, Fortnite had just come out. Ooh, and dangerous. I played it a couple of times with, with the boys. And I was yeah. like, I'm getting this. Okay. And so now it's been two years. And I, it's been two full years exactly on the dot because I got in August of 18. Now it's August of 20. And I'm finally at the moment in my life where I'm like, time to go for good. And I think when I get back to Michigan here, it's uh, it's gonna be going up on the marketplace and bye bye video games. I think that's the right move, but I also know you probably had some pretty good memories with the boys on yeah, that Xbox, see, right? That's, so that's the tough part, dude. It's because yeah. I've got friends from Kentucky, Wisconsin, uh, all over Texas now, and it's a good way to reconnect and talk and catch up with the boys, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, gotta do what you gotta do, you know. So. It's the right move to make for now. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't get one later on, right? Fair, right. I mean, it paid off for you. You had to, you had to chomp down, and you got a, a job with a consulting firm at an architecture company? Uh, architecture and engineering firm. Uh, Polk Mechanical. Great, great company. Family gotcha. owned. Uh, their claim to fame was the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. That was their big job. Really? Yeah. Okay. Where yeah. is that? Is that in Arlington? It's in Frisco, actually. Oh, it's in Frisco. Really, really cool location. It's part of uh, what's called the Star. Gotcha. So they have like that multi-billion dollar mile or whatever that is in Frisco. Yeah. Really, really, really cool location. Dude, uh, with that being said, I think we should dive into your background a little bit. Like the, the life of Jeremiah Click, you know, what what led you up to, to that company? What led you to this moment here right now? So I, I guess for starters, dude, where, where are you from? So that's a fun question. That is a really <laughs> fun question. Uh, I would say I'm from equal parts Mississippi and uh, San Antonio. So my mom and all my family, like my siblings, they lived in Mississippi, but I was in San Antonio with my grandmother from basically two or three up until I graduated high school. But I'd spend my summers in Mississippi just being a little swamp boy. So, What is Mississippi like, man? Because I, I don't know if it gets uh, a proper depiction on like TV and movies like Louisiana does or Texas does, but it's very much so a big part of the Southeast. It is. Uh, the most famous person from Mississippi is Brett Favre. So that should tell you a lot. Let's go. Yes. Wrangler jeans. There you go. I thought I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> Wrangler jeans, man. Uh, Mississippi's a lot like Louisiana, minus a lot of the really cool, fun stuff that Louisiana is known for. Okay. Uh, fun fact, Mississippi is 49th out of 50th for SAT scores. Oh, no. So take that one how you will. Fair. And it was the state that held out the second longest to bring the drinking age up from 18 to 21. So there's a lot of similarities between Mississippi and Louisiana, but Mississippi doesn't necessarily have the socioeconomic uh, advantages that Louisiana has, and Louisiana doesn't have very many of them, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I think I read somewhere, too, that it's like one of the number one or number two in terms of obesity. That's also accurate, yes. Yeah. But there's a tremendous amount of casinos, uh, a decent amount of Native American reservations, and while those things are not all super fun or exciting yeah some of the nicest and most positive people i've ever met are from mississippi it's definitely a place where you wave to your neighbor i love that so that's fun yeah 
uh, and a lot of good people, but definitely a much slower quality and style of life laid back. So, so how did your family end up in Mississippi in the first place? So my mother moved out there uh, when she remarried my younger brother's father. He got a job offer out there uh, gotcha, gotcha. working oil rigs and then welding boats. Okay. So she followed him out there and took the rest of my family and they were there and I was here. Wow. So you have a half brother then? I have two half brothers. You have two half, just like me. Yeah. And three half sisters as well. Sorry, say that again? (laughs) Two half brothers and three half sisters. Wow. Big family. Yeah. What are the reunions like? I mean, I mean, it's two two different sides, of course. It's two different families, but. We got together this Christmas uh, for the first time ever, all of us Uh at the same Christmas. And it was chaotic, I would say. Very chaotic. Really? But interesting. It's nice to have all of your siblings uh, together under one roof. We all went to Galveston, Texas, the beach. Yeah. Uh, booked us a couple of rooms at the San Luis Resort, which was very nice. Shout out to you guys. Really appreciate uh, all the hospitality. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Okay. So so then you, you end up back in Texas. You've got this big, big family. Huge. Uh, you've got ties back in Mississippi. So you still go back there a decent amount then, right? Pretty frequently, yeah. My little brother was playing uh, football at a community college in Mississippi and just transferred to LSU. So I, I imagine I'll, I'll become a, a Tigers fan as well. Is he going to play there? He, We don't know yet. We'll see. He'll That'd have be to be big. a walk-on. That would be huge. If my little brother played at LSU, I don't think I'd have much loyalty to Stephen F. Austin anymore. Not going to lie. Yeah, man. I'd, next time I'd see you, would be wearing purple and gold. Every I'm day. Sure, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> How could I not? Well, fingers crossed for your brother. What's his name? Thank you. His name's Vincent. Hi, Vincent. If you ever hear this, uh, best of luck to you, man. Yeah, we're pulling for you. So, <laughs> so Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. And then you ended up going there for school. Wait, well, well, before that, San sure. Antonio. Yes. Man, what is San Antonio like? That's a very, very south large city in the United States. It's got to be one of the top five largest cities that is in most southern in the U.S. too, I'd say, right? I'd absolutely have to agree with that. Additionally, uh, it takes up a ton of geographic area, so it may not have the largest population, but it's very, very, very spread out. Mm. Uh, it's nothing like Dallas or Austin or uh, Houston, which are obviously the other major cities in Texas, yeah. because it is so spread out. I and mean, there's not really a skyline. Uh, you're not near any major bodies of water. There's not a whole lot of reason for San Antonio to exist and be the size that it is other than the Alamo. It's not even on any like major old school trade routes, right? It's just a large city that kind of shouldn't exist, but does. Okay, interesting then. I mean, so what is it known for other than the Alamo? Like, do you know any history on it? It's like how it came to be. And- so San Antonio strategically has al- or has always been a pretty major military city strategically. It has multiple Air Force bases and has an army base there as well. Gotcha. Um, it's known as being a pretty major military town. And in order to kind of generate any type of revenue or, or uh, income into the city other than the things that it already had from a military perspective, they brought in a Six Flags. There's a Sea World. Obviously, they have the San Antonio Spurs, which they actually fought really hard to get. Um, San Antonio's tried to turn itself into this major tourist hotbed uh, to a limited amount of success, I would say. But on the plus side, it does have USAA Bank, which is huge. Their corporate really? headquarters is there. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have a PGA golf course now. Nice. Uh, That's Valero's headquarters is there. What is Valero? Valero is one of the largest oil and gas energy companies in the U.S. Okay. Uh, additionally, AT&T used to have their headquarters there, but now I believe it's in Dallas, Jackson Beer Garden. Yeah, I believe AT&T is here now, but I mean, I, I think Texas next to California has got to have the most amount of HQs. Like, 
company headquarters in the state. I would love to. Next to New York, too, maybe. I would love to fact check that, but I think you're right. And I don't know yeah. if that's my pride as a Texan, <laughs> but I feel like more and more companies are trying to get away from the state income tax and get to the South. So do you identify yourself as a Texan or a man? What, what's the plural for a, or somebody who hails from Mississippi? Mississippian? Mississippian. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I... It's funny. When I'm in Mississippi, I consider myself a Texan. When I'm in Texas, I consider myself a Mississippian. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, yeah. man, we're, we're all children of the world anyway, you know? I so like that. There's just, there's just borders that, like, make us identify that hey, I'm a Michigander now, you know? But we're all just humans. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Dude, so, um, all right, well, switching gears here. All right, now that we got a little bit of a brief background, that's uh, Jeremiah. Wait, wait, you, go to, you went to Stephen F. Austin. I did. And what'd you, uh, what'd you study there? So I went to Stephen F. Austin because I wanted to get away from San Antonio. All my friends were going to either UT or Texas State. And where is Stephen F. Austin geographically like on a map of Texas? On a map of Texas, it is in the southeast. Okay. It is closer to Shreveport, Louisiana than it is any major city in the state of Texas. So if you wanted to go shopping, you would drive two and a half hours to Houston, Texas to go to a mall. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but it's also one of the greenest places I've ever seen. Greenest. Green. Like it's lush. Beautiful. It's in the really? middle of a gigantic pine forest. And there's squirrels there the size of dachshunds. They're just... Stop. I, I, no. That might be... I'm <laughs> exaggerating a bit, but they're huge. I love it, though. Uh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's the well, It's got to be close to Louisiana. Very close. Very okay. close. It's almost right there on the border. It's about 45 minutes away. I see. Okay. So, uh, man, what's Stephen F. Austin like? I mean, the only time I, I had ever heard of it, I think before meeting you, mm -hmm. was uh, the NCAA tournament when they had, you know, those, they get a crazy run like every five years. Well, there's, there'll be like a nine seed and just beat a five or something like that. Or also seven. beat Duke this year. So please don't forget that people. That was cool. very cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I would say, so the population of Nacogdoches is probably 25,000 and the population of Stephen F. Austin enrollment it's probably 15,000. So it's in Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches, Texas. Nacogdoches. It is gotcha. a town where the college students outnumber the actual population of the town. Man, there's a lot of college towns like that out there. I think like Indiana University, Miami of Ohio. Like there's tons. Boise State. Boise right? State's like that? Okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's... It's a college town. Yeah, it's, it's college a college town. town. Everywhere yeah, you go, yeah. everyone's a kid, right? Every right. restaurant, every bar, every establishment. It's probably a kid working there. That's fun. Fun place to be. So, for a small amount of time. So what did you study there then? I studied criminal justice. What? Yeah, that's my degree. The plan was to go into law enforcement or go to law school. What? Whoa, really? I had no idea, man. Yeah. So for those who don't know, and we'll dive into this later too, uh, Jeremiah has, has been a uh, one of the most stellar and impressive recruiters for uh, our old company, Oyo. I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Like, he can kind. You can sell people. That's what you're great at doing is selling an idea, a business, a concept. And you hired like half of our company. Was it that many people? I don't, I don't know. May, May, maybe. In the, okay. In the first six months, you for sure hired half. That's, 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 that's a fact. That's, I'll agree with that. That's a fact. Yeah. Very, very. Anywho, criminal justice. Yeah. Okay. T get into that. What happened? So. Not, maybe not what happened, but what led you to where you are now? Well, as time progressed, I decided that it wasn't a career path that I really necessarily wanted. I joined a fraternity. I met a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, they all spit different careers ideas at me. You know, we had guys that were going through engineering. We had guys that were going through business school. We had guys that were pre-med. You name it, right? Right. Um, and what I found myself thinking was that I really enjoyed what I was studying, but it wasn't necessarily something that 
I had a natural affinity for or I found to be a practical use of my skill set. I mean, like you just said, my probably the, the greatest thing that uh, about me is my ability to sell to people or sell ideas, concepts, and companies to people You're or sell those it. people to those companies. Right. Thank you for saying that. For sure. Um, that's not really in alignment with solving crimes and or uh, getting up in front of people and arbitrating cases, right? I, I would love to see a statistic out there of the amount of people that chose a major mm. and then ended up pivoting, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road or one year right after graduating. Because, man, when you're 18, 19, you're expected to make that much of a life decision. Like, this is what I'm, I decide to do for the next 40 years of working, you know, 30 years, 35. I mean, if you're in the medical field, I get it. You know, it makes more sense. Or engineering, you have a passion for it. But sure. the majority of adults that I know, they they pit pit, I feel like, you know. And I, I think you don't really know what you want to be when you're 18 or 19 years old. Some people don't know when they're 40. <laughs> I mean, they don't, though. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you want to do? What do you want to be? When I grow up? Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you grow up right now, I mean, if you don't uh, know. You know, I, I think about this all the time. Our shared experience at OYO, I think, was very similar in yes. that we were cast into an environment that threw us into the fire and asked us to do a lot of things that maybe we necessarily hadn't done before with a very limited amount of support. Luckily, you and I were some of the few people, I think, in that organization that were able to step into those roles and be what was asked of us, which I think was an incredibly difficult and daunting task for anyone. Um, I'd like to continue doing what I was doing before, but maybe at an organization uh, that lacks some of the volatility that we experienced. So, so it sounds like you you liked uh, the nature and the environment of a startup. There's a lot of flexibility. Unquestionably. Unquestionably, yeah, gotcha. So so before you dove into OYO, which mm -hmm. is a startup, what had you done work-wise before? So you've had a couple of jobs, right? I have. So prior to OYO, I worked at IBM, mm -hmm. where I was uh, what they called a talent acquisition lead for their global uh, business solutions department. So that's kind of their consulting arm. Derek just popped a Coca-Cola. Uh, <laughs> I'm a drinking Modelo, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I would sit on site with clients and kind of audit their processes in terms of talent acquisition and human resources mm. and then lead their team. So from a, a leadership perspective, I would manage their in-house talent acquisition teams. And then on top of that, I would manage our consultants while kind of being the liaison between IBM and the client. So how did how did you fall into that? Because that's pretty much what you were doing at OYO. Right. You're right. Yeah. So before that, I spent a year, a uh, year and some change at an organization called M&W Group, which is a very, very large uh, German general contractor and engineering firm. Yeah. Uh, doing kind of the same thing that I was doing at OYO, but just at a much, much slower pace. Gotcha. I would say that it was... Ugh, fairly fairly stagnant right there wasn't a lot of room for growth or, or that type of opportunity it was mostly just you know hey we've got a three billion dollar construction project that just popped up in wisconsin we need to know how many people we're going to need to run that job how many people we can afford what we're going to pay them and then we need you to go out and find all those people and staff that job or we had another project that just erupted in chandler arizona sure do the same thing rinse wash and repeat you're just recycling a lot of the same people and okay moving a lot of human capital around versus kind of adjusting to specific geographical challenges and things like that. I mean, regardless, it's, uh, it's a pretty profound experience. 
Definitely. You know, on, on two different likes, and that's given you a, a lot of, uh, yeah, I would say experience that not a lot of people have had this early in early on in their life, especially as it relates to talent acquisition and project management. Well, thanks. I definitely got very lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, man. I mean, no, 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 you didn't. What am I talking about? You, you're, you're a stellar kick-ass dude. Yeah. Well, thank you, Derek. But uh, so you've had a chance to work in a corporate structure, IBM. You've mm-hmm. also had a chance to work in a, uh, a chaotic startup uh, culture. Sure. Um, what do you, why do you want to go back to startups? Why do you like the chaos? Wonderful question. The chaos, I think, is where the magic happens. And that sounds silly and that sounds cliche, but when you're in a large organization that already knows who they are and what they have and what works for them, they're they're not as malleable, right? Okay. And the impact that you can make as an individual, while on the very granular level can occasionally seem tremendous, on the macro level, it, it really is not, right? right? So when you're at an organization like an OYO where things are malleable, where things are chaotic, where things are moving very quickly, it feels like you're in the trenches on the day-to-day and it feels like you and the rest of the people that are in the trenches with you are having this tremendous impact on the organization, its future, the shape, the scope. And while that may not always be the case, it certainly feels that way every day. Right. I would sometimes stay up working of my own volition till 2 a.m., 3 a.m., couldn't sleep not oh, because yeah. i had to you were excited i was excited right i was properly motivated and had, had you ever felt something like that with the job before never not once in my life that i cared that much about the work that i was doing same man yeah i mean when i was working for oyo2 with you like mm. th- there would be nights where i would just be up like can't sleep you know wired my brain is wired even though the previous nights i'd only had like five or six hours absolutely but you still just can't sleep because you're pumped you're like you yeah, want to work we're, we're building a rocket ship you know like let's see where we can take this and yeah, that point you just made about, uh, you know, having a direct impact and, you know, making the rocket ship malleable through your own arm. That is, it strokes the pride feather, you know, if that makes sense. Or it tickles the pride does. feather. Of course yeah, it man. does. Yeah. You're, you're putting your name on something that you're proud of and what feels better than that in terms of career. Right. Yeah. Man, what a, what a time. What a great experience. I wish we, uh, we could go back to it. And just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall and, and see what the first beginning months were like. But I would love to go back and re-watch that experience through the eyes of other people. Yes. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Well, worth a documentary. Worth a documentary, man. So so with that being said, you're you're like me. Uh we are we're on the job hunt right now. Mm, sure. Um, which is it can either it's an interesting place for people depends on who you are as a person some people you know can't stand the uncomfortable nature of it other people are like hey when it comes it comes you know i know my worth i know my value where do you sit right now how's it been going uh what are your thoughts on that uh well i know you're in possession of a very similar work ethic to me and in terms of like your desire to be productive all the time so i'm sure you can uh, relate when i tell you that i go a little crazy get a little uh Cab- cabin fever? Cabin fever. I get a bit yeah, of cabin yeah, fever. Yeah. The phrase escaped me there. Thank you. Oh. Uh, but I'm also of this uh, of a similar mindset of kind of to echo your earlier sentiment in that, look, when it comes, it comes. You know your worth. You know what you want to do. And if you take an opportunity or get engaged in a position that you know that you're not going to be passionate about or engaged with, you're setting yourself up for failure. Not that you won't be able to do the job or get the results that you want, but that you won't get the most out of yourself. And by definition, 
the organization that's employing you is not going to get the most out of you as well. So you're doing a disservice to yourself and the company that's employing you because they're not getting the best version of you. It's a waste of their time and it's a waste of yours. I, I love that sentiment, man. And I'm a firm believer in like building yourself up and making sure that you're in a very, very, very healthy place, uh, spiritually, emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, physically, uh, before you go into work, because that's the best version of yourself. You want to give your employer your best, you know? Absolutely. So it's, yeah, you got to be conscientious of, of taking care of yourself in all facets like that. Could not but agree I, with that more. Yeah. Well, you were telling me, man, you're, you're interviewing with Amazon right now, aren't you? I am. Uh, and do you remember when we advocated to the audience that they should just throw their Xbox out the window? Uh, of course. So <laughs> I'm bringing it on. I uh, was pretty deep in the, the uh, Call of Duty TM Warzone activity online, playing some video games one evening. Met a really upstanding gentleman. I'll leave his name out, obviously. You guys meet in the gulag? We, we did meet in the gulag. We became, uh, we became teammates. Uh, and... You know, when, you, when you're engaged in an activity, you get a random guy thrown in a group project in school or someone's assigned with a work random work assignment with you and they just get it. Yeah. They just pick it up. They know what they're doing. They know their role. They're accountable. You enjoy working with them. That was this guy, except we were playing video games. Okay. So we played three or four rounds together and he asked me, you know, hey, what do you do for a living? I tell him I was working for a, a tech startup recently. I was doing talent acquisition. He starts asking me if I'm looking for a job. You know, some real probing questions that I thought were pretty uh pretty off-putting at first for interesting to hear from a stranger on, on xbox absolutely right? yeah absolutely so this guy keeps asking me questions and, and then lo and behold i tell him that i've applied to some roles in amazon he said okay well use me as a referral uh i think i might be able to open some doors for you i've enjoyed playing video games with you you seem like a really intelligent guy uh wow right so lo and behold we get connected on linkedin and this guy is a is an e7 at Amazon, pretty pretty high up there. So what's E7 for people that don't know? So E7 is kind of like a senior director, almost VP level role uh, at, at Amazon. So at Amazon, scope and size, senior director may not seem like a very high ranking title, but an organization that's that large with that many employees, a senior director's scope of responsibility is very, very, very large. You, you know, real quick, I just want to interject here and, and say that like, I don't think if you're that level in a company, you're not going to refer somebody or let them use your name as referral unless you really, really like trust them. And so you must have impressed this guy along the way just through your conversing with him. I don't know, giving him directions on, on where the enemies are in Xbox or, or just being a, a genuine guy like you are, you know, but that's that's very, very impressive that your personality can can come out through Xbox and, and uh, rub people the, the right way. You know, well, it's important to know how to make friends and influence people. Have you read that book? I have, yes. Great book. Fantastic book. Fantastic, yeah. And anyway, carry on. So long story short, uh, uh, you know, after applying to tons of jobs at Amazon that I, I guess was either overqualified or underqualified for uh, and not really having a lot of traction, I applied for one very high-level job at Amazon. It's a multi-site manager position. And the next day I had an interview with him as my referral. And it's oh been God. going very, very swimmingly uh, ever since. So you know hey it's it's not what you know it's always 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 who you know it truly is man and i think you and i might have touched on this earlier when we were just chatting outside but uh I, i've never gotten a job in my professional career mm -hmm. uh that was not a referral neither have i you know my first job right out of college with frito-lay i did that organically uh but that was an internship that led into a job but other than that i've had three which is in a, in itself almost a referral in a way, an no indirect way. one. Yeah, but nonetheless, man, I can't remember. I don't know a 
lot of friends that have gotten jobs organically. Like most of them have been through referrals. It's just, it's kind of how the world works. It's very interesting that you say that. So I think we probably have similar uh, thoughts on this, but perhaps a slightly different perspective, right? So you've seen it from the outside looking in. Uh, I've seen it from the inside looking out. Your talent acquisition, yeah. That's right. What's it like? I think it's odd to me because... Look, um, my, I, myself, my teams, the people that's, that have worked for me, I know that we've hired fantastic employees who have applied directly. But I, myself, also have never been offered a position that I applied for directly without a referral or without knowing someone. It's always been who I know that's granted me an opportunity. Opens the door. Opens the door for myself, right? right. And I, I tend to do this. And maybe this isn't the best strategy, but I also tend to go out and hire a lot of people that I know. I I like the proven commodity. I like knowing what people are capable of. Of course, they go through the process. They do the interviews. They do all those things that are necessary to make sure that we're abiding by the rules. Um, But I think people want to tend to bring in people that they already know that uh, are are a known entity versus uh, an individual that they don't have prior experience with. It's very difficult to beat out a candidate if you are going head to head with someone that is already a known entity within an organization. I mean, man, that's why a lot of, I mean, to your point, that's why a lot of C-suite level executives, presidents, CEOs of companies, a lot of them, especially in the startup realm, that they hop a lot. They and do. You kind of have to, to get to the point where you want to be. And a lot of these, you know, uh, high quality, high caliber level individuals that are brilliant people, they, they take people with them that they know and trust. And you I love know, that. They actually. always bring them because there's that component that you touched on which is the camaraderie. There's flow when you work with people that you know and you you know how they produce. You know the results that they're going to give you. And, and you so trust them. There's trust. Yeah, it's the most organic foundation of trust you can possibly have. And, and I think if there's anything that we learned with our, our mutual shared time, uh, <laughs> trust can become very, very important in certain corporate environments and not just in someone's ability to perform. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, but, man, we'd have some rabbit holes for us. Uh, Offline, if you guys would ever want to hit up Jeremiah and I for, the, for that sometime. <laughs> we have some amazing stories for you. Uh, wow, dude. Uh, very, very thoughtful perspective. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. So You're, uh, you're bringing it out of me. Dude, someone's got to. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm just kidding. You're actually, uh, you've always been a pretty deep guy for the most part when I when I talk to you. You've always been a real. Like there's there's no BS, you know, for the most part when I chat with you. And I think that's pretty rare to find in a lot of people, so... Well, I appreciate you saying that. I do, a, I think, a pretty good job of trying to trick people into that, believing that I'm uh, vapid. So You're authentic, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, just take Thank it. You. Take I'll it. take it. Well, you want to get kind of deep here? Let's get it. All right. Well, I've, I've got some fun questions for you. I think we should uh, just dive into them so people can get uh, a more fun understanding of who Jeremiah is as a person. You have a very large smile on your face. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. I haven't looked at these since yesterday <laughs> when I wrote them. So. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Um, oh yeah, actually, this is one I was just typing out. Man, you've got some scripture uh, tattooed on your chest. I do. I yeah, do. Yeah, tell us about that. Okay, well, that, that is very deep. Uh, so as as we you know kind of alluded to earlier when we talked about my upbringing, uh, you know, I, Christianity is important to me. I'm not mm. the best example of it. I'm I'm certainly uh, no saint at all. I think that I'm you know hopefully a good person. I strive to be. Uh, but I don't think that I would be a good person or believe in the things that I believe had it not been for my grandmother. Mm. Uh, my mother was in an unfortunate position and had to give me up for adoption. My grandmother stepped into the uh, 
situation and adopted me when I was about one and a half, two years old um, and had a pretty strict <laughs> Christian upbringing. I had to go to a little bit of private school for not uh, being the best behaved kid in public school for a while. Okay. And, uh, you know, the first line on my chest is when she was uh, born. And the second one is when she passed away. And then there were kind of five uh, Bible verses that she wanted me to always try to remember to live my life with. And, you know, I don't want to get like super deep into it, but they just deal with things that I think everyone should be cognizant of. Sure. You know, uh, keeping control of your temper, uh, understanding your self-worth, caring about the people that are around you uh, and not struggling with fighting uh, against the future, understanding that there is a plan, right? So no matter what anyone believes in, I think it's important to believe in those kind of core basic concepts so that you can just have peace of mind as you strive to live your life in the way that's most conducive to achieving the things that you'd like. Wow, man. She, she had a really, really deep impact on you. She, she was my mother and my father simultaneously. So yeah, definitely. Wow. I'm sorry for your loss. I don't know how long it's been, but... Four years. Five years. Oh my. Sorry. Time flies. <laughs> But but nonetheless, I'm, I'm glad that you've got that uh you know that consistent reminder. Thank you. you too, just because she uh yeah she, she raised a a good grandson. Oh, so. I, I, your parents did a fantastic job <laughs> as well, Derek. So wow, man. Um, cool. Well, yeah, maybe uh, after this, I could check out those passages. Actually, I'd like to kind of dive into them afterwards. But would love to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you have like a a personal philosophy on life, like a mantra? of sorts a mantra um i don't know if i have a mantra per se but i have two words that have always been very 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 important to me and they are persistence and determination why which seems cliche but look i've never been the smartest guy never been the best looking guy i've never been the strongest the most athletic uh i've never been any of those things but i think i've been you know at least mediocre at anything i've ever tried to do or cared about uh, but it's like a long distance race, right? Mm. So if you're going to go out there and run cross country, you don't have to be the fastest guy. You've just got to be the guy who doesn't want to give up. Right. Uh, and I think that I, I've earned most of the things in my life. I don't think I've earned all of them. I think grace and luck play a part in everyone's life to some degree. But I know that being per, uh, being determined to get the things that I want and being very persistent and consistent about the actions that I'm taking to get the things that I want have in more cases than not resulted in some level of success hustle and grit man yeah you've got it you know all about it though yeah you got it too persistence and determination i love that thank you yeah very very nice appreciate it uh so interesting what so that's quality you see in yourself right what what is a quality that uh let's see here you might see in other people Mm -hmm. but you don't see in yourself Ooh. yeah that that's a great great question so are we asking this question from my perspective as if this is something that i want that i know i recognize in other people and appreciate and wish that i had yeah so i mean just for for example like I, i've asked uh, some people about this in the past hmm. like hey what's quality you see in other people that you don't see in yourself and they're like i'm not patient i have friends who are insanely patient and i just i don't know how to be patient so like that could be one other people are just like i don't know how to to live more freely or to let go you know i'm always high strung um so yeah those are a couple examples that might creativity without a doubt ah okay elaborate on that well so i, I i'm tone deaf uh i'm lacking in any artistic ability 
Uh, I can't draw. I Man, can't paint. You, you dress pretty darn well. Look at you right now. Are you kidding me? Well, it's very easy you're, to you're hop matching on. matching up the wazoo. Well, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can hop on uh, Google Images or Instagram and find outfits that you want to emulate, but that doesn't mean I'm coming up with the ideas. But I can recognize your own personal brand good. is its own sense. Anywho, I'll let you elaborate. I appreciate yeah. what you're saying. Though. The yeah. compliments, let me have them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pipe you up. But <laughs> pipe you up. I'll pipe you up. What a phrase, man. Pipe, pipe you up and gas you up. I, gas I'm you up. Enamored with both of them. I love it. Uh, like this. Like, I, I'd never start my own podcast. Like, I wouldn't, the idea would not come to me, right? Um, and I respect that. Like, I respect creativity, I respect the ability of people to be artistic. I am enamored with those facets of people's personalities and who they are, but I know that I do not uniquely possess them. I can emulate, but I, I don't have that. So so it's more so uh, people kickstarting things, but once it's kickstarted, then you can take that ball and, and run with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff, man. That's a good answer. Uh, what's a memory that you have from your childhood that's very very cherished oh man this is okay i hope my older brother never listens to this so one of my most cherished memories my older brother while he was getting his master's degree at trinity university which is also in san antonio and being like the assistant strength and conditioning coach to the basketball team where he just graduated from and was on that same basketball team. Is he a big guy? Huge guy, six foot seven. Oh my gosh. Big dude. Yeah, big guy. Wow. Also my role model. I'll have to put that out there as well. Okay. Um and living in a fraternity house. Okay. So he's got like a lot of a lot of things on his plate. And that's neither here nor there, but anyone who's familiar with that in the audience, you know that's not like a very great environment to be in. Uh he would take the time out of his day to uh, bring me lunch and eat lunch with me once a week um, in, in elementary school. And one day, and we've been doing this for years, right? And he never missed he never missed a week. How much older is he than you again? He is 41, 42. Okay. So I would have been in, I think, kindergarten or first grade at this point wow. when he was getting his master's. Gotcha. Uh, one day he came... To <laughs> one day he came to school and I'd gotten in trouble. So I was in the principal's office and I was so embarrassed and terrified of my older brother who I like thought the world of knowing that I got in trouble oh, and had to man. go to the principal's office that when they told me that he'd like, you know, checked in and was like bringing me lunch, he was bringing me lunch to the office, I ran away from school. Really? The guilt and shame. The guilt and shame. Just flooded you. I could not face him. He really was your role model. He was. And there were, I, I had never... There's no one who I did not want to disappoint more than my brother. And I, and I was so, so just... I just couldn't face him. Uh, and I... Well, I tried to run away. I didn't get very far. <laughs> I should say. Were uh, you like six? Yeah. 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 There's not... You know, where was I going to go? <laughs> And, you know, he caught me almost immediately and he was like, what's going on? Like, why, you know, you're acting crazy. What's, what is this all about? And then I, you know, I had to explain the situation and he was just very understanding, but still very firm. You know, like, you know, you're not going to back talk your teacher again. You know, you're not mm -hmm. going to do that. That's not what we do. So on and so forth. But then also somehow simultaneously made me feel better about 
feeling so guilty and ashamed. It was something along the lines of like, hey, you making a mistake at school is not going to change the way that I, I feel about you. You know, you're my little brother. I love you. But also, we're going to act better than that. You, uh, you did wrong, but I'm going to continue to build you up. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Wow, man. So that, that memory really sticks out for you. You're just, you're never going to forget that. No, it just resonates with me. I actually, it, if I'm blessed enough to have a child of my own, I mean, I will remember that as a as a foundational block of how my parenting style would be. It's a quality life lesson right there, man. Yeah. It's just, it's patience and it's care. So he, he was really, really caring for you and towards you. He did a lot for me. Yeah. So he's, he's your role model to this day, you'd say? Without question. Awesome. Where, where is he? What's he doing? So uh, <laughs> I'm very proud of him, actually. So yeah. he's in San Antonio. Okay. Uh, he worked for EY. Uh, EY. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, straight out of college. What yeah. do they do? <laughs> in Ernst and Young. Oh my gosh, man! I, I don't think I've ever heard of them from their uh, their acronym. I think but. we can see their office from outside your apartment, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's actually okay. I'll tell, tell well, you we'll off. Find it later, yeah, we'll yeah. find it later. But it is very yeah. close. Uh, so yeah, cool. he was part of their auditing consulting department, and then got tired of the rat race and opened up some yoga studios and runs and manages those and you got some crossfit gyms no that way. kind of thing yeah man really that's cool my, guy that's my dream right there so i think it's i think it's my dream let's know? we should be we should be talking to alex j albert more man we he's should on that path that guy is the fittest person i have seen i mean he's he's got well, black swan yoga right i think yeah, is where he's working we just got his yoga teacher training i know congrats I've, to him congrats to him. i haven't talked to him in a month but yeah he's just every single day on his Such instagram he's just getting after it coaching and training people and just getting fit and ripped you know he is ripped anyway i need to i need to get back in shape don't do it it's now is the, now is the time <laughs> it is for the one time. Yeah. for sure i've got some extra resistance bands i could probably give you if you really want i appreciate but, that yeah yeah but okay cool man so he was working at ernst and young and, and now he's just like listen like what makes me happy is fitness i'm gonna open up some studios and, and pass on that love of fitness to other people as well yeah that's a that's 100 percent right yeah cool man well that's Definitely where I want to dive down to. And maybe if you do two, we'll open up a chain together. Well, someday. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Networking. Yeah, exactly. Networking. Cool, dude. Okay. Uh, so if you if you had to grab uh, dinner with anybody, uh, or actually not just anybody, if you had to grab dinner with one person, dead or alive, uh, who would that person be and why? Could be an icon, legend, star, historical figure, um, anybody. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Mm. Now, probably George Washington. GW. GW. So skipping like, you know, whatever problematic, negative, whatever you might think about George Washington, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, but I, I, I would really just want to understand. Look, everyone tries to interpret uh, the Constitution and everything that led up to the founding of this country in so many different ways. Mm. I'd love to hear from you your perspective and what you meant and what your intentions were and what you wanted from America, right? Like, here's where we're at. Here's what we have. Are we on, yes. are we in alignment with what your vision was and what the rest of the guys thought? It'd be amazing if we could take the founding fathers. Yeah. Transport them in time to 2020. Today. <laughs> give them, give them uh, like three days to just kind of soak it in Oof. and then have them go back and be like, maybe we should make some amendments or see if they're like, that nah, we're good. I guarantee you they'd, they're like, we're making amendments. I'm sure there would be a myriad of things that they would be unhappy with and or comfortable with. Um, it's insane. It, it's a lot to process. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, th think about it. They didn't even have 
they used everything from candles. Less like them comprehending a phone. Mm. Which get, What's the internet to them, you know? I don't know. Books that you can read anytime, anywhere, I guess. Right. Yeah. Canned beer. They just they just had mugs and ale. Anyway. Um, interesting. Okay. George Washington. I think that's a good answer. Uh, let's see. Let me... I'm just looking at my handy-dandy notes here to see how... Handy-dandy notebook? What, what question I think uh, Jeremiah needs to answer to the people. Hold um, me accountable. <laughs> okay. So, so there's a saying... That you are a combination of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. Um, I, of course, there's going to be like outliers and examples where this just is not true at all. Uh, but when I reflect on on my life and I think about the five most people that I spend the most amount of time with, and it could be like talking on the phone too, playing Xbox with. Would you say that that's accurate for you, and like the characteristics and qualities that they embody? help kind of make up and mold and shape who you are? Or would you say that's not accurate? Well, it depends. Okay. Are we saying when you are around these people or is that also reflective of when you are not around them and when you are truly by yourself, like the fabric of who you are, the decisions that you're going to make? Well, I think that's all influenced by the people. Everything. I mean, it's just it's the whole concept of, of uh, nurture, isn't it? I don't disagree with Nature you then. Nurture. Okay. Uh, my brother used to have a saying that <laughs> it was, you know, for, and forgive me for some, some phrasing here, but uh, if you hang out with a bunch of stoners, you know, you're going to be a stoner. Mm-hmm. If you hang out with a bunch of drunks, you're going to be a drunk. You're going to be a drunk. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with that to a, to a certain extent. I think that we all are influenced by the people who are around us. And I think we emulate the people that are around us. And I think, to a certain degree, we want to be like the people who are around us. I think if you have a lot of friends that are successful, you're going to strive for success. If you have a lot of friends that are fit, you're going to strive for fitness. If you have a lot of friends that want to party and go on a lot of dates, some aspect or some part of you is going to kind of chase after that or want that too. That's why a lot of people, in my opinion, uh, who are in relationships or are married, have a lot of married or and or friends that are in relationships, whereas a lot of single guys are going to continuously be friends with single guys because those people are, you know, more inclined to have a similar lifestyle. It's a very interesting perspective. Yeah, um, I, I agree 100% wholeheartedly, 100% with that. You know, I, I've observed pockets of friends over the years that are crazy ripped. Who are their friends? Crazy ripped people. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've hung out with the womanizers, and who are their friends? The womanizers. You yeah, know? it's the same kind of thing. Um, so what, what would you say you're, you're kind of in right now if you kind of had to put a label and a bow on it? You don't have to if you don't want to. I, I, I came here to, to lay myself bare, so I will. <laughs> um, I try to keep myself honest. Um, I have you know, friends that go to church every day, mm. uh, but I know that's not me. Uh, I have friends that are womanizers, but I'd like to think that that's not me. Mm. I have friends that I know work incredibly hard and value their success uh, over almost everything else in their life. And I've been that person before and I want to try to make sure that that's not me because that's important, but I don't want that to be everything that encompasses who I am. Yeah. Uh, And then I have friends who are married and care about their families more than anything else in the world. And that's something that I definitely would love to absorb and have uh, be a part of me. And then I also have friends who just kind of like to goof off, play video games, whatever. And I know that's a part of me too. I, I like that. I think that's a well that's a well painted picture 
of you. You know, not a lot of broad strokes, but a lot of fine tip strokes. You know, Thank that you. kind of uh, make up this this wonderful architecture. So that's that was a solid answer, man. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no problem, dude. <laughs> you're, just, you're just full of compliments. This, if I knew this was going to be this nice, I would have asked to do this a long time ago. I mean, if you, <laughs> you know what I mean. I've only been doing it for two weeks, but I, I could be mean. You know, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I could be, a, could be a jerk. You know, <laughs> like uh, I'm not gonna be just kidding. Have you ever been to Dick's Last Resort? No, what's that? Is it, that it's is a, a terrible. It's no, it's a restaurant. Okay, a terrible restaurant. The concept is you go there and you basically pay oh, for them to be mean to you. I've heard of this. People pay lots of money because to have people be mean to them. Yeah, well, dude, some people get off by that. But like, why? Yell that? I don't know. Some you know? psychological, you know malfunction in their hardware but. if if i want someone to be mean to me i can just call any of my ex-girlfriends they'll do it for free you know so why <laughs> why pay somebody to do that? there you go well if you're ever in the place in your life where you just you're like i gotta get yelled at you know at least maybe got some contacts in your phone that's right that's right that's right <laughs> speaking of what well, you have a purple phone case don't you yes so uh thanks for noticing i love it astute observation yeah. i uh got the most heavy duty otter box that you can get because i was phoneless for two weeks uh after my phone broke in an apple branded uh battery case and this was the only color they had in my size and you know what uh i'm not emasculated by that so dude no yeah just let your flag fly by the way and and (laughs) I think lilac's a beautiful color. You know? I, I, have you gotten weird comments from dudes? Just being all like, the time, all the know? time. They're or, like, or do people pick up the phone at a party and be like, "Hey, whose phone is this? Like, what girl's phone is this?" It's it's that's it's more often that one. It's yeah. you know, like, "Hey, who's what? What girl's phone do you have?" You know, I was at a party <laughs> the other day, uh, and this girl grabbed it, and yeah. this is embarrassing. And she was like, "What? Why are you walking around with my phone?" We had the same phone case. No way. Yeah, we did. Really? Yeah, I had my phone, luckily, but. Still. Yeah. Well, what? Well, I mean, the quickest way to identify is like, what's your background picture? What is the background picture on your phone? The background picture of my phone is a uh, live photo of my white German Shepherd. Oh, we haven't even talked about him. What's his name again? His name is Asher. Asher. Yeah. So, so yeah. Give us, uh, give us the scoop on Asher, man. Asher is a, a six years old, so roughly forty-two in dog years. Uh, he is by far. I know people write hymns about their dogs right and extol the virtues of their dogs and talk about how great they are i don't want to do that Uh, but you've met asher i have yeah he's a very good dog he's a good boy he's very well trained he knows all the tricks uh and he just he just doesn't really do anything wrong just good good solid a1 large dog consistent doesn't bark too much doesn't jump on you like crazy yeah just we'll keep him around yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like it, man. Thank I you. I like it, um, dude. So, as long as I've known you, you've been the guy who <clears throat> knows what's going on. You're sure. you're always here in the now. Like, if, if I need to know what's up in Dallas, who's having fun, who's going somewhere, Jeremiah clicks the guy consistently. On top of that, like you're you're always hanging out with people. Thank you. you know, in a safe manner amidst the coronavirus, of course. Uh, but you're always, always, always surrounded by people, and I love that. But at the same time. I got to ask the question, like, how do you recharge your batteries? You know, like, do, do your batteries get drained from all that social interaction? If so, like, how do you recharge them? They do not. So while that seems like it could be draining, that the acts of spending time around people in and of themselves recharge me. Uh, um, so growing up, you know, I was very alone. It was really just my grandmother and I. The rest of my siblings besides my older brother were uh, in Mississippi or gone 
uh, just not around me. Uh, my grandma was extremely protective of me, so I wasn't okay. the kid who got to go over to kids' houses or spend the night or really go to birthday parties or things like that. Mm. Um, and that's really he, neither here nor there. That was her parenting style. I, oh, I think I turned out all right. Um, but it made me really, really want to be around people. I've always loved people. I just I like talking to them. I like learning their stories. Right. I like seeing what makes people tick. Um, so I guess I say all those things to say this, which is that I don't love being alone. Okay. Uh, but I've learned to appreciate it, respect it, and understand how it can be a, a healthy and conductive way to better yourself and improve upon things that you'd like to improve upon. But I definitely do infinitely better in terms of production, in terms of level of happiness when I am around other people. Interesting, man. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you and I can both probably speak to this. Out. We've all met people in the world mm. where – uh, they constantly need to be around people like, and then we've also met people who are, it's just introverts and extroverts, right? At the same time. So you're naturally extroverted by nature. And I think a lot of that from what you're saying, you know, stems from your upbringing. You Absolutely. Know? And it's kind of conditioned you to, you know, yearn and, uh, and want to be around people as much as possible. So, and you are. Thank you. Thank God we're adults now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, man. I like that. Thank you. Uh, okay, so what's your favorite? If you had a, a book or a movie or a TV show to recommend right now, uh, what could you throw out to the people? What they need to see, what they need to read? Two books. Okay. If you are wanting to do some self-reflection, right? If you found yourself thinking, I, I think I'm a good person, but I'm not the best person that I can be. How can I be a better one? There's a book called Doing Good Better that I've picked mm -hmm. up that has been phenomenal, right? It's kind of, uh, it, you're going to hate me, but I'd have to Google it right now. Go for it. I mean, let's see. Doing good, better. Doing better, good. I believe it's doing good, better. It is. And it is by William McCaskill. Bill. Bill McCaskill. Bill McCaskill. That's a William. solid one, but the one that I have... <laughs> loved the most and has had the biggest impact on me this summer uh is how to be an adult in relationships i've okay i've heard of that yeah uh how how is that book man so and what's the i mean obviously the premise is like in the title but if you could elaborate a little bit more on it and it's david rico for how to be an adult in relationships david rico okay um i don't want to spoil too much of it because part of the journey has been discovering these things I thought about myself that were absolutely horrendously not true at all. Uh, but some tidbits I can get without kind of, because the way that the book is structured is almost, it's not, I wouldn't say a workbook, but almost like a textbook in the sense that it starts you off small and we are going through chapters. We are analyzing ourselves, We are understanding our past mistakes and then reflecting on those past mistakes and learning how we can be better in relationships. But there's an excerpt there from this book that I like that shook me to my core, which was <clears throat> sometimes you think you want to be in a relationship, but that's not what you want. So we all have friends like this, right? We, we talked about guys who may be womanizers mm. and those guys may say that they want to be in a relationship, but they can't find the right girl because she's missing X or Y or Z, or they might come to you with a new girl that's in their life and say, you know, this girl is perfect. Mm. Having a great time with her, except 
one, two, three, ABC. So there's always an exception. There's always an exception. And there's always something wrong with the girl or wrong with the guy that prevents these people from committing or being in uh, healthy adult relationships. When in reality, those issues are never with these other people. Those issues are with us. Yeah. Or vice versa. You may be chasing people in your life that have severe red flags that are pushing you away or you're pushing them away. It's just, it's very informative. And it made me do a lot of self-analysis that helped me understand that, you know, I may have said that I want to be in some serious relationships in my life, but I wasn't putting the effort in. And there's another chapter that's all about a checklist. You weren't putting the effort in with yourself. I wasn't putting the effort in with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Not with the other people, not with the women in my lives. Right. I was not putting the effort in with myself. There's a chapter that's about a checklist that you need to be able to positively say you have all of these things before you even try to get into an adult committed relationship with anyone. I like that, but okay. And it's needless to say, I wasn't where I thought I was. And it was. You got some more growth to come. I've got some more growth to come. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely, definitely, definitely do. But it's, we touched on kind of a similar concept earlier when you're going after a new job or a new place of employment, you want to make sure that you've done your homework, that you've bettered yourself, that you've got your mind right, that your heart's in it. Uh, Unless all those things are taken care of, you're not going to give another adult person in a relationship the best version of yourself. And in reality, they deserve that. So so imagine, and I'll give you my answer too. Imagine Mm -hmm. we're a progress bar. Yeah. 100% is Jeremiah's best self right now. Yeah. 0% is the worst. Mm -hmm. Where, Where are we right now? In terms of getting into a relationship? relationship job just being your best self i think i'm about 65 percent of the way there wow humble answer i I know that i have a lot of room to grow but i also know in this past year uh since january i've been working on myself since i've been reading the book since i've been you know doing i wouldn't even call it therapy but talking about things you know uh you're more you're more conscientious about it then. infinitely more self-aware than i was more self-aware when you're more that's step number one of anything Thank you. it's becoming self-aware about like uh, what ailments you might have or what progress you, you need to come in terms of just self-development so but uh, i'll tell you this you've got to be careful not to push it too far in the other direction how do you mean well here's a, here, a quick anecdote yeah. i was uh i met a girl recently that i was dating for a couple of weeks you know three or four weeks went on four or five dates and I got to the point to where I was trying to be such a good guy that I was no longer being authentic. I was no longer being myself. I was trying to be too nice, too sweet, doing way more than I was actually capable of sustaining. And that painted a picture of myself to, to this very lovely woman that was not accurate which is doing a disservice to her and doing a disservice to me because absolutely that's not something yeah. that I could maintain but, through a marriage or in any long-term way because it's not who I really am. But there's, it, it's hard to do sometimes because I've, I've been uh, entrapped with that at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've dated girls and I've like kind of subconsciously put on this facade Yes, that, yes. that I'm this guy, you know, and, and you're, I'm, I'm more tense. I'm not as loose, you know, yes. like I, I care about things a little bit more and, and that's not the best version of me, you Absolutely. know, and it's a disservice to that person, like you just said. So, but but step number one, acknowledging it, like you like you've done. You're like that's that's not who I am. No, that's not how I should be in relationship. And sometimes that level of knowledge comes at the expense of losing that potential relationship. But that's okay. You carry at the end that into the next step, right. right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, like if if that's what was brought out to you in that relationship, then maybe that you guys weren't meant to be. Absolutely. So. 
Wow. Dude, what's, what's the book called again? Because I, I want to look this up. Uh, How to Be an Adult in Relationships. How to James be Rico, right? Let me James. double check. David Rico. David Rico. Sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Uh, good stuff, dude. Okay. Uh, I th- we're probably going to wrap it up here. I try to keep them between 45 minutes to an hour, and this has just been a very healthy and fun conversation. We're getting towards an hour, but a uh, couple, um, couple last questions then. Uh, what's the weirdest thing about Jeremiah Click? What's, I guess, a fun fact? Oh, the weirdest. Okay. Let me think about this one for a quick second. Okay. Uh, you can circle weirdest. back to it if you want. It's kind of gross, and I, I'm. It's it's a guilty pleasure. You pick your own nose. I do not, but I love canned chili. Canned chili. Canned chili. It looks like dog food. Kind of smells like dog food. It's like a camping essential. It is, but I can eat it all the time. Oh wow! Like, like casually. Interesting. Yeah, for lunch. Is it, I don't know if I've ever prepped canned chili in my life, unless I've camped. You, you, just, you know, you just crack it open, put it in the bowl, microwave it. Minute thirty seconds. Wow! Do you put it on bread or anything? Or no, I might put you know. some crackers and some cheese in there, and dress it up a little bit. Have you ever been to Skyline Chili in Cincinnati? No, but I've I've had Skyline Chili. I don't obviously uh, I don't know if it's as good as having it in the restaurant, but I've had Skyline Chili. Oh, okay, it's flame, amazing it? chili. I made some chili from scratch the other day with a friend. Chef's kiss. Very proud of it. I should have brought it over. Regret Dude, that. Dude, man, you should. You should just be a chili aficionado, honestly. You should just start making bowls and passing it out. <laughs> Did not realize how much I like chili until we just started talking about this. So. <laughs> His eyes just light up. Really into it, I guess. <laughs> I love it. All right, bro. Uh, last question for you. Uh, what are you thankful and grateful for? Right now in this moment or in general? Both. Uh, in general, I'm just thankful to be alive. I think that having a spirit of gratitude is essential to having a happy life. Okay. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in what we don't have and what frustrates us and things like that. But if we can think of things that we're thankful, right? I try to meditate on that when I wake up. I try to meditate that on that when I go to bed. Um, it helps you stay happy and realize how good life is. Uh, but in this moment, uh, and this is going to sound, this is silly. I, I'm, I'm genuinely thankful for your friendship. I know that we didn't hit it off immediately right from the bat. Uh, it was more Brian and I that hit it off immediately, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, we took the time to get to know each other and realize how much we have in common because this is a friendship I'd like to carry with me. So, Dude, uh, I mean to. Absolutely. Without question. So and if I'm ever in, in uh, Texas, like, I know who I'm going to hit up. So I'll, I'll hit you up. Uh, if you're ever in Michigan, you know, come hang out with me in Saluski. Dude, you know, uh, it's a hard opportunity to pass up and I've never been. So I think I'll have to take you up on that. Oh, we'll try and get you out to a lake. So, I would love that. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. I'm thankful for this moment, too. This is really, really fun. Um, and thanks for taking some time out of your day to, to come over and kick it with me. And honestly, the last uh, few months when I've been here, too, thanks for your friendship, too. It's been it's been chill. Yeah, I've had a blast. All right, bro. Well, any closing thoughts? Any closing words? Oh, uh, I hope <laughs> no one who listens to this holds any of this against me. So <laughs> thank you very much. All right. And with that, we are signing off episode one two three four i think this is four bye-bye thank you derek